Hey everyone, I am back after a long break. I do apologize for my absence. But, you know, there's not much I could do. I had lots of work to do. I mean, the Christmas business in the company is still present and was a bit larger than I expected. I think uh, the bosses of the company, you know, they always have high expectations and anticipations uh, towards the Christmas business because it's the most important thing of the year, just like for for pretty much every company trying to make a buck, right? It's always about capitalism in the end, which I'm fine with. You know, I really, I don't care that much about it. We all need money somehow. Hmm. I am drinking a cup of coffee in the background. I am thinking about a few things I'd like to change in my life, but we're going to get to that soon enough. Uh, first of all, the reason why I wanted to do this this uh, podcast, which will probably be the last one for this year, is um, first of all, it was long overdue. Second of all, I did say that I wanted to introduce you to some new artwork, which isn't essentially new per se. It's still the same Hugo stuff that I did for my Swiss friend and his website, learninganddoing.ch. So um, I wanted to show you that. There's a link in my description, or if you're you're, uh, following me on Instagram, if you are. I don't even know how many people are following me. Not that many, I, I think. Maybe 50 people, if anything at all. Maybe 30, I don't know. Who gives a fuck, right? Nobody cares. It's, um, yeah, I, I think my technique has, did not really improve over the years. It, it looks, it looks um, a bit wonky at times. Maybe that's because um, I haven't been doing much in this department anyway, of, you know, in, in terms of drawing anything at all. So when he said, look, I could use some new material and I've had, I have a few ideas. What do you think about it? So we, you know, we sat together. I actually visited him in Switzerland. I think I did talk about that before. I don't remember really, but, you know, it, whatever. The point is, the point is we had some fun. And um, he's, a, he's an unbelievably swell guy. We had some great food. We had some great moments of fun with a, um, what do you call this again? Uh, I can't remember the word. I'm sorry. What was it? Yes. Cheese fondue, man. Uh, I'm sorry. I haven't been using, I haven't been using or speaking English, uh, recently much except with a friend of mine or two friends actually on occasion, not like on a daily basis. So I was um, mostly focused on my job, really. You know, it's, it's, been, it's been awfully cold these days. <laughs> my job is getting to me and the weather is finishing me off. But for now, I feel fine. I don't have a cold. I don't have a flu. Lots and lots and lots of my, my friends and colleagues are sick. They have all sorts of symptoms. Now, the fun thing is, before I continue with the artwork, I'd like to just get this off my chest before I forget. Um, A colleague of mine who is a few years older than me, doesn't really matter though, um, two weeks ago, he had a striking, no, wait a minute, one week ago, sorry, last weekend, he had a strikingly spontaneous fever development, okay? The typical fever sensation, he knew something was off. He was soaking wet when he woke up uh, sometime early morning from Friday to Saturday. And uh, his wife was worried and he, he was concerned. He didn't know what, what was going on. He did not have typical flu symptoms like a cold or runny nose and stuff like that. He just had a fever out of the blue, okay? And he went to a, he wanted to see a doctor. First of all, because of the weekend and doctors are mostly not really in the house, there's always someone in the area who is responsible for emergencies over the weekend. That's how the system here works. And um, if that person is overloaded with work, and actually that person was, 
um, he was forced to go by himself to, to a hospital nearby where an emergency doctor from the Czech Republic was working. And according to his, uh, his own opinion, his, his own experience with the guy, he was splendidly friendly, extremely professional with everything he did, including treating him and other people in the hallway of that hospital, just fine making sure that everyone was okay. And he was just really easygoing in his job and seemed to like it, which I really, you know, admire because a lot of German doctors, they don't really come across like that. They have a different attitude towards their job, with the exception of my personal house doctor. He's, he's an awesome dude, also a Peter Gabriel fan, so, you, you know, <laughs> we got it covered here. But um, in his case, my colleague, uh, he was diagnosed, he was, he was treated, but he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't really diagnosed like we know what it is that you have. It was not COVID. They tested him multiple times. It was not COVID. And all of my colleagues who got sick, with one exception, I think, who actually had COVID, everyone, everyone else just had typical flu symptoms and some of them fever. And um, my colleague here, uh, since uh, he, he stayed at that hospital for a couple of hours, um, he got something like a fever uh, reduction shot, including some vitamins, and the fever got down to 38 degrees. Okay, He had like 40 degrees, 41 almost, so um, he was worried. You know, Everything above that, it gets critical. You could actually die from that. And um, he got sent home. Uh, he kept an eye on his temperature, and temperature was just uh, rapidly decreasing, stably decreasing, and he has no symptoms at all, as far as I know anyway, and he was doing just fine when he came back to work. So, I heard this stuff quite often, okay, from various people, some friends, some uh, some relatives from friends, lots of co-workers and stuff like that, and also... In the news, as you might suggest, you know, there are so many uh, articles and blogs written about this stuff. The news, uh, radio was always talking about how doctors and hospitals are just way overloaded with work and patients and they don't know what to do with them. And they also said it's not COVID. In most cases, it has nothing to do with COVID. So here's the kicker. I do not know who all these people were, at least most of them who got infected. The ones I know had all one thing in common, including my good friend who uh, got sick recently and he has, he's like completely, you know, completely fucked at the moment. He's not doing too well. Um, he's not dying or anything, but he's not, he's not really in his best shape. And they all have one thing in common. They all got the COVID vaccine, okay? They got the booster shots. They got their, their typical... Yeah, they got the booster shots, okay? They, they were all injected m multiple times with this substance. And um, I can't say that I know for sure what's going on. What I do know, or what I suspect, is that some critic, uh, critics about the, um, the usage of the substance and the health issue that the substance might, might create is that your immune system does get altered and changed. It doesn't mean that you become a completely different kind of person and your body is working completely differently. But there might be a chance, just maybe. I'm not saying that I know. I'm not saying that I have proof for it. I'm just thinking about it. It might be possible that this substance actually does uh, inhibit your immune system to recognize other flu viruses just as fast like COVID because it connects itself to those uh, cells necessary to identify, uh, you know, incoming threats like any other form of virus. And your body will have a hard time fighting that stuff off. At least that's what the critics say. And for now, because of the, this, this uh, sorry, I bumped, uh, I bumped uh, the table. Because of the current situation, all these, these new flu infections that we got, it, this could be just a wave of a more aggressive flu. I personally didn't get anything with the exception of the flu symptoms I had uh, like two months ago. Uh, that was still different for me. I mean, no one else got sick aside of me, from, from me, at least none of my friends and colleagues anyway. I was like the only fucking one. And then it 
then it just kind of disappeared and went away. And everyone else is just, you know, freaking the fuck out right now. This flu wave did not get me this far. It might get me sometime later. I don't know. I hope not. But um, everyone who got the vaccine got a pretty nasty uh, flu reaction from from their infection, especially this this female friend of mine, a co-worker who was uh, a complete nerd, a very friendly lady, and, and she... She's also at home, not not doing very well. She uh, the the flu really got to her, and she had to take a few days off. Same goes for another female coworker in a different office. And you know, she was like last week uh, during work. It just her her condition got worse and worse and worse. And then on Thursday, she said, "Fuck it, I'm out of here. I'm going home." So there is something interesting going on, and they all got the they all got the vaccine. You know, so. I'm, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that it is because of the vaccine. I'm just thinking about the possibility that there might be some truth behind the criticism. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Maybe I'm going to read something about that later on and browse the web if I can find any kind of legitimate information. Otherwise, it's just pure speculation. We can agree on that. So let's get back to business. Um, the artwork, yeah. Uh, I did one page um, with... His uh, Hugo and his girlfriend visiting a museum. Um, Hugo wanted to, to try out one of these these helmets from from the knights, you know, the, the knight armor, and he cannot get rid of that helmet anymore. It's too tight. And um, at the end, he just keeps the helmet and watches TV through the the little visual holes there in the mask. That's not my idea per se. That was his idea. I don't like the idea very much. It's 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 cute and all, but you know he insisted that he wanted to have that kind of story for his collection, for his website. So I said, okay, I'm I'm going to do that. I like the barbecue uh, joke where uh, that is my idea. Where um, his his girlfriend is, uh, I think her, her name is Daphina. You know, he gives the names. I don't really do that myself. It's Hugo is not my baby. It's more mostly his, and. Um, you know, they're screwing him over, trying to steal with a cattle prod or something. Not, not a cattle prod, sorry. Um, a fishing rod. And, you know, stealing the sausages from the barbecue. That was, I think, a funny idea. And the reason why I did that, I have many other ideas for, um, let's say, stories without speech bubbles, where just the actions themselves and the panels tell the story or at least convey something that any viewer, no matter how old they are, can actually understand. It's, um, it's because my friend here, is um, he's very concerned with the realism of those comics. He doesn't like it when the comics become too fantastic and surreal. He wants them to be practical to some degree in, in real life and just overdo that a little bit. For example, adding rockets to uh, rollerblades, you know, or uh, wearing a rocket backpack. Stuff that can be technically achieved, something that some people might be able to do, or at least imagination-wise can follow and, and try to figure out if, if, uh, if children can recognize this kind of, of, of humor or adventurous behavior, and that, that sort of thing. But everything that goes way beyond that for example, mutation of plants or uh, where water just completely disappears from the ocean or stuff like that. Or, you know, I, I think he, he doesn't mind if I add aliens or stories about aliens there. That He doesn't mind that very much. But there was one story that I did years ago, one page, where Hugo was painting a figure on a canvas. And when he was done, that figure came to life and jumped out of the canvas. And that was like the red line that I should not cross too much, but he took the story anyway. So that's the kind of thing that I'm mostly concerned about. I'd like to do more surreal stuff. Um, but um, I'm mainly I focus on what he wants or what he can use for his, his uh, worksheets. And in the, in the meantime, when I have time for myself, I still keep working uh, and stay stuck to my studies because I'm almost finished. And um, I am slow. Yes, I have mentioned that before. I still have to write a lot of stuff. 
but once I'm finished with that, I can get back to my novel and just do my novel 24-7 almost, okay? That's the only thing that I'm um, mainly focused at. So, um, yeah, so much for the, for the artwork. The, the, the third page, what was that again? The, the, the barbecue, the, 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 the knight from the museum, the armor, and the third one was the Christmas tree, right? Hugo wants to buy a Christmas tree, but... Uh, he's he's a bit uh, he, he's not so sure if he wants to pay that much money for a Christmas tree so he waits a couple of, of days until the price drops for the remaining trees he's still not satisfied he keeps waiting until all the trees are gone and he can't get a cheap tree anymore so he's gonna sacrifice himself to become the Christmas tree to amuse his friend or at least his his rat friend and girlfriend so um I like doing that. That was, uh, I think that that idea came from both of us. I had the most fun doing that one. From the technical side, I'm still working with Affinity Photo to create those those illustrations. I have noticed that the company Affinity has developed and released a version two of all of their major apps. Which is kind of a bummer, you know, because I just got into the software there of version one because I wanted to support the company. And, and now they, it seems like development for the first version has kind of stopped. So I'm not, I don't think I will receive any kind of update for that software. So I have to, at some point in time, jump ship for the official update, but I still have to pay for that. That would be roughly 60 bucks, I think, for each app which is not much per se. I mean, it could be worse. I don't like the membership offer from Adobe very much because I don't need all the apps really. I just need a few. And even if I would still choose to do Adobe, the prices are still too expensive because if you think about it, even if you had like a 30 bucks a month for a couple of, of uh, applications like Photoshop and Illustrator, that's like 300 bucks, over 360 bucks a year right? And that's just for what, you know? It's, it's not like I have uh, these, these gigantic contracts behind me, which pay my bills and everything. I still have a day job and I can't afford that to just invest that much money into that kind of thing. If it was like 50 bucks a year, I wouldn't mind, but 300, I mean, give me a break. If you want the full package, it's, it's like 600 a year. No, sorry, I can't do that. I'm not supporting Adobe on that one. No fucking way. So I'm, I'm for what I do with the stuff, with the techniques that I do, with with the um, not so much the, the pictures, the quality of uh, photographing, for example. If I take some interesting snapshots from the woods, which is something I'd like to do later on during January or February, if I get to it, would be to go out through the snow if we have snow and make some new uh, new snapshots and new photos of some interesting moody you know uh, spooky kind of wood segments and areas of landscape that I'd like to explore and I used to do that years ago but you know then everything else changed like private life and you got a girlfriend you got this to do that to do so no more time for that I still have no time for my puppets it's like <laughs> I have two puppets a sock puppet and the Dean Laxer puppet so, which is supposed to be me, of course, but I guess you you figure that out yourself, probably, if you have seen the puppet somewhere. It's all too much, really. It's, it's really a lot, and I have stopped painting. I'm not going back to painting anytime soon. I'd like to, but it's, I, I don't know how. It's really, my, my main focus is really just to get through uh, my studies and to get back to the novel. And if I have some time in between to relax my mind, I'm going to start painting again. But I can't do that now. Um, second of all, uh, what I wanted to talk about because of uh, changing my life a little bit, I was thinking about moving again. Changing location, maybe. I'd like to stay in this location. I'd like to stay here in this beautiful town because, you know, the people are fine and everyone is nice. You get everything you need and it's very secluded, very quiet. And I cherish this a lot. I really do. But um, the apartment kind of sucks after a while. It's, it's not like the apartment is ugly or anything, but the 
the way I can use the space for my own personal use, especially with all the hobbies I have and all the projects I do, it gets kind of tough. It gets really, really tight in here. And um, I have enough space to live. I don't have enough space to work. And I don't have a basement because I live in the fucking basement. I have no spare room for my, my, uh, my, my power tools to, let's say, enhance and optimize my furniture which is something I like to do every now and then, especially my living room cupboard. I'd like to get that one going again after a while. But right now, you know, it's like I have this problem with spatial use of, of the apartment. And I also have a problem with uh, humidity in here, which is the, the worst problem of all problems. I, every now and then when the humidity gets too high, I really need an, an electronic... A machine-based dehumidifier that does a pretty good job as well as power consumption and sucking up all the moisture in the air because otherwise I'm going to have a huge mold problem here one day and I'm living here in this apartment for three years now okay and um, I got used to it living here but the mold problem is not going away it, that is the most problematic thing because if it's too rainy outside like it is now, I mean, we don't have any snow at the moment, but it, it just keeps on raining and raining and all that. But the cold makes it easier for the humidity inside the building to disappear, at least to, for the most part. Right now, I have like 50% humidity in my, in my apartment. That is okay. Everything that goes over 60 is really problematic for mold to develop. And I think if I stay here for uh, three more years, I might get really sick, you know, like lung problems and whatnot because you still inhale all these these uh, the the mold seeds and the spores and it's just it's everywhere that stuff you know so um the the biggest benefit for me the most uh, uh, easiest thing that i can i can live with is the fact that i pay good money for uh, for this apartment and i don't mean good by much it's it's actually rather cheap in comparison to other apartments which is a blessing at the moment, especially with all the prices going up. But um, that is something, a condition like this is something I would like to have again. So I, I think it's only possible if you stay on the countryside here in Germany, maybe in the same area, to find someone who actually has a spare apartment to offer with uh, the same kind of conditions, maybe uh, a wooden, you know, these, these wood stoves and all that kind of stuff. A wood, uh, I mean a fireplace. And um, perhaps, uh, well, enough space that I can actually separate a few things. I don't need a living room. That's one thing I promised myself I will never have again. I don't need a living room. I don't need a couch. I don't need a sofa. The reason why I don't need one is, quite frankly, I, um, I have no use for it. Aside of, you know, lying there and watch a movie, which I will do... Because, you know me, if you have listened to my stuff before, I have like this uh, cheap movie screen, but it's, it's, it, it does the job. You know, I have a projector on the other side of it, across from that. And uh, projecting movies is the most joyful thing I've ever done when it comes to watching TV series, streams of all kinds, or movies in general. It's just really a blast. I don't need a TV set anymore. But the living room... As far as I'm concerned, and what I have gathered through personal experience from... I can only talk about my own life and my own tastes and flavors. The living room is the best place to work, by far. Because it's the largest room, and because it's the largest, you have just so many more possibilities how to improvise that room as a workplace for many desks and shelves and... and and uh, instruments of all kind, you know, from drawing to the synthesizer keyboard that I still own, which I'm going to keep. I'm not going to sell that thing. It's, uh, I'd like to be in a space where I can just move around or turn around in a circle and in every corner I see there's something else I can, I can work on. That's beautiful. That's something that makes me happy. That's what I want to have, right? And somewhere in that area is going to be uh, like an armchair, a very convenient one where I can put my legs up and across from that should be the movie screen. That's as far as I go. 
No couch, no traditional living room bullshit. I don't need that. I need a place to work. Everything else, I don't care if guests come over to me to my place and want to see me. Fuck off. <laughs> I have I have no room for you guys. I have a living room that is my office now. You know. And then all I need is maybe a small uh, bedroom with uh, a tiny bed maybe, you know. I don't need something big. I don't care. It's that is all just unimportant. It's only important to find a place where you can um you can actually escape to and just isolate yourself for a couple of hours to find rest and then you get back out and you can walk back into your workplace and think to yourself, wow, this place is great, you know. That's something I'm looking forward to. Then if I'm not satisfied with that and I don't want to do anything there, I go back into the basement, into my work shed and garage or whatever it is that I can find and uh, work on my power tools and wood. How good can life get? You know, it doesn't get any better than that, at least not for me personally. Because the last thing I need in my apartment, in my own home, in my space, is another girlfriend. I just wanted to say that. You knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Oh, yeah. Mm. I see this, you know, the stress that other people have since we're talking about Christmas. It is, by the way, the 25th of December. In case, uh, in case you haven't followed the timeline yet, <laughs> um, do I miss Christmas? I sometimes get the, the the question if life gets a bit lonely after a while, and I I thought that too. I mean, a while ago it was tough for me to to actually get rearranged to get used to the uh, the solitude uh, surrounding vacation and. A while back, and I mean a while back, like 10 years ago, when I was, uh, or maybe even more than 10 years, when I was alone in my first apartment after my divorce, I got, I got really depressed. You know, I needed someone to talk to. I needed, I needed a woman by my side somehow, someone that gives me joy, just enjoying uh, good food together, have a laugh, and just enjoy sex or stuff like that. You know, just the comfort of another person was important to me back then to pass the time, to survive Christmas somehow, and, you know, the winter depression and all that, all that stuff. I don't have that anymore. It's all gone. I don't get depressed anymore. I don't know why. Uh, I can only assume that I keep myself occupied and busy to such a degree that I know how much my freedom is worth to me and how valuable that has become, you know. Um, I have... I've I've read all sorts of stuff from people, you know, trying to trying to fix these situations where men and women don't really work together anymore or just don't get along, can't find some kind of mutual connection, all this stuff. Dating has become a jeopardy, especially in Germany here now. And um I think the trend is going to stay this way. It's going to be very destructive and self-destructive anyway for the future. And I don't think that we can go hand in hand on a longer uh, on a longer trail. I think the path is blocked for the future for uh, new uh, relationships to develop. I mean, I mean, not entirely. Of course, some people get together and meet each other through... I don't know, some hobbies, an expedition, vacation, workplace, friends uh, friends of a friend of a friend of a party, you know. So that kind of stuff still happens. But to my knowledge, the way um, what I've heard so far is that most people are more, well, disappointed and disillusioned by what they dreamed of when they were younger. And they're very annoyed from their partners. They don't really get along that much. And they're not happy. They are really not happy, with the exception of a few. And if I look at people nowadays, you know, the, the friends I have, there is one couple who is actually, uh, they're going to get married in a while next year. They, they, it's not official, and I can't tell you who it is, otherwise you might know, but they have been together for so many years, like a few other of my friends. And... Um, they decided to actually, you know, uh, kick the old tradition of marriage back into their life. 
they didn't want to do that before and now they're willing to do that as a just maybe as a symbol maybe or a, as a financial security for both of them because um, it doesn't look like they're leaving each other. They're going to be married. They want the wife and husband experience. They want something they already have. It's just a fucking title that you get and a document that you sign. And that's pretty much it. You know, but th- these people aren't the only ones. Everyone else I know is completely like, you know, um, devastated almost. They're scarred for life. I have, for example, a, a colleague of mine that I, I have um, I talked to uh, a few weeks ago. A female, uh, slightly on the chubby side. I'm not sure if I talked to you guys about that again, but I think I did in my last podcast or my podcast before that. I was thinking that maybe I should start dating again, but you know, just because you know someone from work doesn't mean that dating your coworker is a good idea. From my experience, no, it's not. And I talked about that multiple times. And just because someone is making like, you know, flirty eyes to you and tries to get your attention, even tries to make you understand where they live and where you can find them if you want to come over, I'm not going to do that. I thought about it long and hard and I thought, you know what, it's not worth it. It's absolutely not worth it unless, unless there is something extraordinary that I can find in that person where I think to myself, you know, that's worth following, that's worth risking. But there is nothing. That's the truth. The truth is I am not desperate by any means necessary. I can wait until I find someone who suits me, at least for some kind of romantic development. I do not fuck anyone who is walking around there. Why should I? First of all, I don't need to. And um, I don't feel comfortable doing it. Absolutely not. It's like it, it's almost like I'm betraying myself and betraying the standards I try to live by. So if I date someone, I want someone who really suits me, not just from her appearance, and I'm not talking about strictly appearance. There are many different variations that I do enjoy in women. But I'm just saying as a person overall in her behavior, the etiquette, you know, the kindness, uh, some kind of sympathetic, authentic behavior, then I'm all in, then I'm really interested. But until you find those people, a lot of time passes. And I don't mind anymore. I don't even mind that I'm getting gray nowadays. You know, my hair is starting slightly to become gray. My beard has become more gray these days. Um, but I feel fine. My kidney is fucked. That, uh, my kidney is still making problems. But, oh well. We're all breaking apart. There's not too much I can do about that except drinking water. So there you go. And sometimes a coffee. The coffee is cold, by the way. Anyway, so much for that. Um, Yeah, the the truth is I am not depressed. (laughs) I thought I would be. I really did. I thought for a moment I I couldn't bear the loneliness or something like that. And then I realized, you know, I'm not lonely. I haven't been in years. There's always someone for me to, 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 to talk to, first of all, people I can trust. Um, and even if they're not there, I don't mind not seeing them for three or four weeks. I don't care. I'm in my, my basement here. I'm in my own castle, if you will. I have peace and quiet for the most of, most of my life. I have no trouble at all. I have no, uh, at least no enemies that I know of. And it's um, it's a very peaceful experience, and it's it's like I am, I'm more connected to nature these days than I ever was before, and that gives me uh, that just gives me a very good and satisfying feeling, as well as the fact that my my goals are coming more forward. Some stuff is quite close to reach, like the finalization of my 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 studies. I might get a diploma. I I don't really know what I get. I don't really care about that piece of paper. I don't care about degrees. I just want to get through this, understand more about the the subject of writing and authoring, and then getting back fully into my work and uh, see what happens, right? And moving around is an option. It's not something I want to do desperately, but it's something I have to think about on a sincere level to, to optimize my living standard, I guess, you know, or my 
my health, if you consider the mold factor. Well, anyway, that was so much for the personal side of the update. This, this podcast is mainly about catching up with uh, you guys and telling you about, about my boring life. Um, I wanted to maybe scratch on the surface of, just as a closer, I, I don't want to go back into detail into other things like what I'm doing, you know, aside from, from my work and all that kind of stuff. I'd like to go out with my mountain bike today and just ride around because the temperature is not too cold and I do enjoy the nature side a little bit. I have to get moving. I have to, you know, get my blood up before I start working on something else today. But um, the one thing that has become a bit more troubling to me is the stock market and the way people are treating Elon Musk these days because of his decision to, um, to buy Twitter and what happened at Twitter, the way he threw out the people, the way he fired people, the way he wanted to strictly rearrange and restructure Twitter almost from the ground up. And he got heavy, heavy, heavy criticism, and he's being ridiculed to a great degree, and I really, really, really don't know why. It's, it, I don't get it. I don't think that this man deserves that much hatred for everything that he did. And um, I do realize that people have considered him to be somewhat of a harm or risk to modern day society, especially with the way that he treated employees in Twitter and all that. But, you, you know, there is, a, there is a, a, a thing here. There's a limit to our behavior, or at least to our intelligence as a collective being, as a society where we do not see the good things anymore. We just see the bad things and we start attacking that, aiming full wholeheartedly at that topic and trying to hurt people. And that's not good. They did that with Trump. I didn't like that one bit. Even if Trump is a complicated person, I get that. But everything else, this gigantic balloon-sized, um, uh, Zeppelin-sized hatred towards one person is nonsense. I can understand why the hatred towards Putin is there. I don't understand the hatred towards Elon Musk at this point. Because when it comes down to it, you have to, you have to keep, just stay cool and keep an open mind when you observe people like Elon Musk. First of all, um, he did st still, I believe, something extraordinary with Tesla. Okay. Right now, his company is really heavily criticized, and they think that he's, his, his vehicles are not on par with the techni technological advancements of other companies. That might be true. You know, there's always a setback here and there. That doesn't mean that he's finished. Um, there's also talks about, you know, bad working conditions in the company. Might be. It's not easy, but he has to keep up. He has to put... You know, he has to introduce uh, three shift systems to make it possible to work 24-7 to keep production up and development up. That's important. Other companies do that too. That's nothing to be ashamed about. And there's nothing to be grouchy about. It's just, it's a, it's a matter of production and improving production. You can't just work eight hours and then close shop. You have to work 24-7. Otherwise, you can't make it. You know, and people give him heat for for doing something like this because it's not considered to be a modern decision. It's not good for the people. Uh, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, three shift system is normal. It's worldwide, you know. Um, then there's SpaceX. I can be. I think we should be thankful that he's actually considering uh, to further develop SpaceX and to actually get the Mars missions going at some point in time. Because the reason why is pretty clear. We have no alternative, realistically no alternative to go to. We have to expand in space. It is a done deal. There is no discussion. It's, it shouldn't be even a question if we should. It's a fucking fact that we have to. Why? Because life on Earth is limited. Resources on Earth are limited. And yes, we have different solutions for that, for energy, for, for how to live, uh, food consumption, food, you know, uh, livestock will be probably extinct in the future, all that kind of stuff. We can be more vegetarian and vegan. I get that. I would not be vegan voluntarily, but 
I get the point. I'd like to try meat replacement products too. I have no trouble with that, okay? But the fact of the matter is that world on earth is probably going to be destroyed in maybe 100 or 200 years from now. Or at least if it's not destroyed, then it's going to be very tough to live on. This can be because of the climate change to some degree that, you know, more uh, natural disasters might occur in the future and make life on earth a bit more challenging and more difficult. Then you have poverty to a degree that will develop in other countries that is just, just not good for us. It's going to cause new plagues, new problems, new crime. And uh, we have threats like war all the time because people cannot do without it. So what do you do? We have to uh, escape Earth at some point in time because we can't live together, but we still have a chance to survive if we expand to other planets in the solar system, especially Mars and perhaps the moon. Uh, if you think that there's a chance that you can actually start a colony that can live there by itself, sufficiently by itself, self-sufficient to a great degree with all the resources that we have and can, can spare on Earth, which is maybe one of the reasons why Bill Gates is collecting all these seeds worldwide, you know, in, in a gigantic bunker. Maybe to be prepared for that moment in time. I would not, I wouldn't be surprised if it is exactly that, you know. Then, of course, um, uh, then, of course, there's the the, the resource problem, sure, I mean, you know, they're, they're, you find resources on other planets as well. You will find, maybe not oil per se, but you might find cobalt or uh, uh, copper, metal, steel, gold, silver perhaps. You know, there is a chance that you find that on other planets in the solar system. And who knows where the future might bring us if the human race still exists in three, five hundred years. Who knows how space travel will have, will have developed up to that point, you know, even jumping through space, bending time and space, you know, like creating a warp drive and stuff like that. I don't think that's impossible. It's just a matter of time until technology actually is able to reach that point because of human interest in research and development. It's, it's an, a continuing hunger for knowledge that keeps us moving forward. And you cannot stop this kind of development. You cannot stop progress. Impossible. Unless you extinct everyone then someone else will come or arise and develop on this world if there is still enough time for evolution to start over again for the next, I don't know how many million years. So um, we have a chance now to do everything that we can simultaneously to expand, to get better, to be better, and to reach the age of abundance, you know, uh, consequently, if we do it right. And Elon Musk is one of those people advertising this idea. And I think he's absolutely right. There is no denying that the future will look exactly like that at some point. We have a chance for that kind of life. It, it can be peaceful. It can be, it can be uh, nu nutritious. It can be joyful. It can be uh, creative. It can be free. But if you keep giving him heat because of one fucking thing, Twitter? For fuck's sake, why? Twitter is one of the most corrupt companies in the fucking world. Over 10 years ago, nobody cared about that platform. It was a joke. People went there to just spew out some kind of nonsense. Other people use it for advertisement, for entertainment, artists alike, you know, and then newscasters, of course. And nowadays, if you watch the news or if you follow the news at all, no matter if it's a newspaper, radio, or TV, you know, traditional news, they all start to, to quote fucking things on Twitter. That's how important Twitter has become now. It's like a different kind of society platform where all people come together and spew the same bullshit. And that's something I really do not understand why, why someone would actually give in to, to that kind of stuff. And if, if Musk goes to that company and says, look, I'm going to buy you fucking guys and then rebuild the company from the ground up to actually give free speech a chance, why wouldn't he do that? And why did he fire all those people? Because most of these people are assholes, plain and simply. Lots and lots of project managers and people with creative control sitting in an office for eight hours a day just having small talk about politics and how to enhance um, the, the search algorithm of, of, of the company. All the company does is, is, is it, it, it offers you a platform where you can communicate and post stuff. That is all. But everything else they did for example, collecting data and selling it. You can't tell me that's not possible. Facebook did the same fucking thing. 
they 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 have to ask you now with a disclaimer if you're satisfied with you know your information the all information that is collected about you that it can be reused commercially to be sold and all that's given to third party companies to to do something with that it's always about money and advertisement on this thing and elon musk wanted to put a stop to that where's the harm in that decision just because it was very strict and radical almost by firing the people he did not need who was who were just making tons of money for not doing anything i think the guy is on to something i think it's important that we keep control over those those companies not to go berserk politically okay and why do i say politically because during the 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 presidential campaigns the presidential election that was happening with hillary clinton and donald trump um, we noticed that platforms like Facebook and Twitter were actually filtering and blocking um, subjects and posts and topics surrounding Republican parties. That is not correct. That is not right. They are Republican. They're not racist. They're not criminals. They're just Republican. They have their own traditional point of view and values concerning the, the, the American people and the government. That is fine. That is okay to represent that party anywhere in society or on internet platforms. Why is that a bad thing to be uh, Republican? Why? And all you have is a mostly leftist controlled platform like Twitter and Facebook. You kidding me? They were insiders, people working in those companies. They were afraid to admit that they would vote Republican out of fear of losing their job and getting bullied. That's Twitter for you. Okay, that's bullshit. And I do not, really do not understand why it is necessary for us to go in this strong, uh, radical left uh, uh, direction forcefully and force other people to believe the same stuff. For the greater good? You got to be kidding me. There is no greater good here. It's just right or wrong from their perspective. And if you say something else, you're wrong and that's it. And Musk comes in there and wants to clean up shop and give equal opportunity to everyone who is involved, to everyone who has something to say, at least for those who have something instructive to say. I would personally kick out all the, the typical racist stuff or you know um, anything that harms people physically for real is advertising violence that of course is no good that should be banned in all occasions but just because someone has a political opinion and wants to talk about it or introduce an idea an ideology for a party or for a specific belief system you know uh, you have no right to put that person in a corner and say shame on you for saying that that is not correct and i do not believe that elon musk is wrong by doing what he did absolutely not I wholeheartedly support this guy. I think what he's doing is good, and he's got a lot of heat now. And, you know, people are just looking for all sorts of weak spots to destroy him. That is, that's a shame. It's like they were, first he was praised for being this visionary guy, you know. SpaceX, important. Tesla, important. Everything else that he does, AI technology, robots, all important. That is so important stuff for the future. And because of Twitter, everyone is losing their fucking minds. I don't get it. And I don't find this funny. I think the people in, in the world are mostly losing their minds and becoming dumber and dumber year by year. It's embarrassing to watch. That's not a world I want to live in, personally. I hope the future is going to be better than this. I really do. I know people personally who congratulate uh, the fact that Musk is hitting the floor. You know, they're looking forward to his destruction. I find that repulsive. I find that disrespectful because no one else, at least not the people I know, have any balls or knowledge or skill whatsoever to pull off what he did. Okay, and then calling him an idiot and a loser and a failure is just, no, it's unrealistic. He maybe made a mistake. Maybe he, he, he you know, thought it would be easier to rearrange and restructure Twitter with his ideas. Not all of his ideas, like the paid membership, are a good solution. But, you know, there is a realistic chance that it might work at some point. It's, I hope that he can recover and I hope that people will see the value of the things that he brings. 
because it's important. It really is. It's about us in the end, not just about him, but people don't want to see that. They just want to fight. They just want to hurt the guy. It has to stop at some point. Okay, enough about that. Um, that was my rant for today. I hope you enjoy the the comics to some degree, if you like, and if you want to, you know, uh, reach out to me. I was thinking about maybe, maybe, just maybe, for the future. I have my own Discord channel. <clears throat> I haven't been using it much. I just wanted to set it up to do something with it in, in the future. And one of my ideas would be to create like uh, a discussion table or just a round of uh, interesting conversations that I could have with random strangers who know me from the podcast, maybe get in touch and uh, talk about stuff like that, you know. And um, who knows? We could talk about art, anything like that. But until that decision is finally made where I can reveal that, that platform, that um, uh, Discord channel. I still have a lot of work to do with other things. Until then, I wish you a great Christmas. I wish you a beautiful few days of peace and and quiet. Um, Some family days, good food, I hope. I'm going to start cooking later on anyway. Um, A little bit of alcohol here and there. You know, some wine, some whiskey, maybe beer, whatever suits you. Or if you don't like alcohol at all, just have a cup of tea instead or a good tasty juice or whatever. It's all fine. It's all good. And uh, stay kind to each other. Try not to fight. Enjoy the time that you have because we don't know how complicated the next year is going to be. The war is still going on and it's still, you know, freaking people the fuck out. It's it's a nasty time at the moment. And I hope it gets better after a while. Um, maybe I'm going to be around New Year's, but I don't think the chance is very high that I have time for that. So I wish you a good celebration. Um, have fun New Year's. Enjoy yourselves, and uh, hopefully I'll be back soon enough to talk to you guys again and introduce maybe something new in terms of artwork or uh, maybe a different topic. And yes, I'm going to get back to Peter Gabriel, of course, at some point, for sure. Until then, take care of you guys. Uh, Merry Christmas, and bye-bye.